Hello and welcome to another episode of The Blind Argument with Davinia Lafroy, clinical psychologist. Love is in the air. Oh, and Ryan Honshuten, youth support officer at Visibility. So Ryan just gave you a little bit of a hint about what we're going to talk about today. And as you will discover from this podcast, love is not in the air between Ryan and I, but we Uh are going to talk about love and dating and relationships today for people who are vision impaired or blind. Yes, we certainly are. We're going to talk about lots of different things, about apps, accessibility. We're going to talk about, you know, like, do you tell people that you're blind or vision impaired when you go out dating or do you keep it a secret and you let them find out later? It's a little bit like a job interview, isn't it? What do you do? Can be, can be. So we want to talk about some of the potential issues if you're thinking about having a relationship, if you're worried about it, Um, maybe maybe some of the great things about it as well, Um, some of the things that you might be concerned about, some of the things that you might be enjoying. Enjoying all, all the other things in between. Yeah, and I, I reckon you would be someone that would know more about dating than I would because, <laughs> well, you know, I've got to be honest. I'm going to wear my like my heart on my sleeve, right? I've been a single man now for, oh, goodness me, um, maybe 13, 15 years. Okay. And I'm loving it. Okay, so you love mm. being single. I love it. Do you feel like... Being single has anything to do with uh, your status as a blind person, or do you think it's irrelevant? Do you think you'd be wanting to be single and loving it regardless? I think I'd be wanting to be single and regardless of whether I'm blind, vision impaired, in a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. cerebral palsy, hearing impaired, whatever, or if I had none of them and just was uh, living a normal life. Um, Well, I'd live a normal life anyway, but um, without a disability. So um, it's just me. I love my freedom. Um, I enjoy, I've got so many friends and things like that. And I I just like spending my time with so many of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just a free spirit. Okay, so I guess that sounds like it's kind of your choice not to be in a relationship. Absolutely. Yes, it's definitely my choice. Um, And it's not because I've had a really bad dating experience or a really bad relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been in a relationship for a fairly long term. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, You know, I was extremely in love when I was in that relationship, but I don't know. I've just come out the other end and it's just me. Um, I quite enjoy my own time and my own company, um, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, is an important part of life to enjoy yourself, enjoy your own company. Definitely. So I guess if I can read into what you've shared there, Mm. it sounds like you're saying it's definitely possible and certainly lovely to have a relationship and you can certainly do that with a disability, but you can also very much be single as well with a disability. And I think that that's a really important point to raise, that you can actually live a really happy life single with a disability and not kind of need to be in a relationship necessarily. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, um, I don't let my disability define my life anyway. So regardless of whether I've got the disability or not, I'd still be the person I am. So, Mm. um, you know, I'd I'd probably still be, um, you know, single and probably go spend more time in nightclubs if I didn't have a vision impairment, Mm. which is probably a good thing that I do because it keeps me away from those noisy ghastly places. I sound really old now, don't I? Pretty much, um, yeah. No, but, um, yeah. He also um, looks really old as oh, well, just I? for anyone who hasn't oh, actually thanks. seen Ryan. It's... Yeah. I look young at heart, though. Okay. Um, so what about you? Um, yeah, okay, look, I, I over the um, over the course of my dating life, I've certainly been in relationships and out of them as well. So I've spent a little bit of time dating and a little bit of time in relationships and, and a lot of time single as well. So I guess I've also got a little bit of an experience of what it's like to be in relationships and what it's like to be not. And like you, I think you can be happy or sad in a relationship and happy or sad outside of one as well. So I don't think that... 
in any way having a disability prevents you from having a relationship. But I do think it would be really useful today for us to talk about, I guess, some of the perceived barriers to having a relationship, some of the perceived barriers to dating and starting a relationship. I think that it's really the different issues and fears that people have about dating and relationship is really specific to the individual. So I think what could be useful for us today is just for us to raise and name some of the things that might come up for you. And then if you want a bit more specific information or an opportunity to talk about it, then perhaps get in touch with either of us or your own service provider and talk it through. I thought you were going to ask me to name the uh, the girls I've had a crush on. No. I'm glad you didn't because I couldn't um, remember all of them now. Mm. It's a long list. And it changes daily. It does. Yeah, it does. And look, Mm. you know, just... And we all hear about it as well. Exactly. And so you Mm. should. But just because I say that I'm uh, a single man and Mm. I'm happy, it doesn't mean to say that I'm not looking. Mm. You know, I do um, occasionally get a little bit close to Mm. a a partner or someone, um, you know, and, and... yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. It's it's I'm not not looking, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not not interested. If someone that um, I connected with came along tomorrow, I'd certainly be quite interested. But um, I'm quite I'm not distraught or not unhappy that it hasn't. So oh, okay. So one you... of the things um, I wanted to ask you is, mm-hmm. um, did your parents? Because working with a lot of the younger teenage kids that I do, mm-hmm. did your parents ever tell you that because of your vision impairment you weren't to date another vision impaired person? They didn't, but I guess my parents aren't a great example because they were so prudish they just didn't speak about dating relationships <laughs> or anything personal. That's right. Ever. Yes, because they were born in like so, the nineteen hundreds, weren't they? Because you're pretty old, aren't you? That's yeah. that's mm. that's it. Yeah. Yep. So they're probably not a great example. Sorry, Mum and Dad. Um, but I have certainly had parents come to me and say things like that. Mm. Um, I, can, I guess some of the things I've heard are, you know, I don't think my, my child or my adolescent is ever going to have a relationship because I don't think that they can. I've also heard the opposite where it's like they really need to be in a relationship because they really need someone to help them. And then I've also heard of a lot of kind of anxiety and worry about, oh my goodness, how do they find someone? Because a lot of the ways that people are meeting people now might be perceived as inaccessible. And I've heard a lot of parents say to their children, or their children have said to me, their teenage children, um, or even I know a young couple now in their early 20s, you know, and their parents have said, or and actually, I'm going to be honest, it's a lot more the females, the, the parents of the females mm. that say this, uh, I don't want you dating another blind man or vision impaired man because you need someone to drive you around and yes. do things for you. So mm. you've got to find a sighted person that you can date um, mm. or marry or be with. And it's funny because there are some couples out there that I know that are both vision impaired that are actually hiding this from their parents, sadly. Mm, okay. And I find that really um, a, quite a sad thing that they have to hide that. Um from their parents, you know, and and I guess, you know, to me, the parents should be a little bit more open-minded and that might not be the person they're going to stay with for the rest of their lives. Um, and it might only last a year. It might last two years. It might last 10, five, it might last 13. But, you know, if that person's happy with that person, if they've both got vision impairments mm. or um, hearing impairments or intellectual disability, whatever it is, if they're happy, doesn't that count for a lot? Well, I think maybe what you might be indicating there is 
that sometimes you can form a really deep bond with another person because you have that shared experience. And in this case, it might be vision impairment and blindness. So it could be that for you or for your child or adolescent, that forming a relationship with someone with similar issues or challenges can actually be a really great, beautiful and heartening thing. And also the other can happen as well. When you form a relationship with someone who you know can drive, it can be super, super helpful because yeah, they can drive you around. You're also giving them an insight into your capacities and your capabilities and who you are as a person. So you're also helping to um, to shed a bit of light on perhaps some, some of their own blind spots. Um, so I think it can go. I think it can go either way. Is what mm. I'm yeah, I guess it can. Okay, it can. so can we mm. can yes, we just kind on. of get back on track? Okay, okay. sorry, I, um, I love sidetracking. You. Yeah, you do, you yeah. do. But I love to stay on track. So mm-hmm. I I want to ask you, Ryan, what do you think in terms of meeting people? What are some of the things that you think are perhaps actually a little bit challenging being being a blind person? Look, for me personally, um, I don't have. Um, I don't get challenged that much in meeting new people. Um, Mm. I'm quite out there. If I meet new people for the first time, um, you know, like I went to a gig on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I was with a group that I didn't really know. There was only myself and my best mate that um, were there and it was more his friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm more upfront, you know, stick the hand out straight away, shake it. Hello, Mm -hmm. I'm Ryan. How are you? Um, You know, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I remember when I was dating um, one of my a partner, you know, for the first time when I was about 19, 20, I pretty much just turned up and hadn't, you know, hadn't told anyone that I couldn't see. And I just said, I mm-hmm. oh, sat down in the lounge and said, oh, by the way, guys, in case you didn't realize I, I can't see, I'm blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just went, oh, yeah, we sort of figured that out. And sort of just on we went and off we, mm-hmm. you know, so there was no problems there. Um, so I think you're suggesting there to, uh, well, what's worked for you yes, is to be quite open yes, about it. But that's what's worked for me. And mm-hmm. everyone's different. Now, I have tried in my time a little bit of online dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a while ago now. I think it was around about 2009, 2010. I found um, it was actually quite frustrating because, and it was accessible with my mm-hmm. screen reader because the, back then we were using more computers, not mobile phones, okay. and because apps weren't as um, as sexy back so then. So just to pause you there, <clears throat> you're saying that um, possibly online dating may be accessible yeah. with a screen reader, and then perhaps the yes. apps are slightly less accessible. Yeah. Also, um, even if they even if your screen reader does read it, it's quite visually based, yes. those apps. Oh, very much um, so. And so if you can't kind of see the face and determine attractiveness that way, it might not really be yeah. the way the way to meet mm. someone. But, you know. Anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, look, what, what I um, found the hardest, though, is I was falling in love with these people's profiles mm-hmm. um, and all that sort of stuff and thinking, wow, that, that person sounds really great, that person's blah, 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 blah. And then I was getting them to describe themselves to me. Um, and then I had a friend of mine um, who was a pretty neutral person when it came to dating and all that. And I'd ask him, um, I'd say, now, what does that photo look like? And blah, blah, blah. And I'd describe, you know, what that person had described themselves mm-hmm. as. And they'd be going, my God, that's nothing like what you've described. Mm. Now, I hadn't told any of these people that I was vision impaired, mm. that I was, you know, interested in. But what I found was, is my image or my perception of what I was thinking this person was like from mm. their description didn't match their photos and all that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, so I, that's I a really of, interesting point. I mean, so I guess what you're saying there is the idea in your head wasn't really matching up, you know, necessarily in some cases mm. with what you were reading. And I don't think that that would be 
an issue that's kind of particular to being visually no, impaired. No, it's not. No, it's I mean, kind you know, of something that, how, that people how many times do people put the best photo of themselves up there? You know, standing on the river catching the biggest fish, or mm. the, riding the biggest wave, or you know, whatever, pruning the best flowers in the garden. But you know, it's not the actual real photo. It's not them that they, you, you really see, is it? You know, mm-hmm. we all like to put a bit of a false image up, don't mm-hmm. we? And we always probably write too much about ourselves, don't we? And you know, I wonder how much of that is true, or how much of that is wrong. I know with me. Voice is a lot. Mm. When I go out and I meet people, um, I listen to their voice. I listen to their inflection, the way they talk, and so all that, sort that of stuff. Attractiveness is that kind is of... yes, yes. Yep. Voice to me can be a huge attractiveness. Now that okay. possibly I would have to say has got something to do with my vision impairment. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, is that the voice says a lot about a spirit mm-hmm. and about a human, about a character. So I guess in that way, I mean that kind of leads us accidentally to a, a kind of strategy. I mean, if you were online dating or app dating, it might be for you that you pretty quickly set up a phone call um, and to listen to the voice and then you'll get a little bit of an estimation about attractiveness for yourself mm. that way. What about you? Yeah, look, I totally agree that I can absolutely fall in or out of love based on a voice. Um so that's also really important to me. And I've certainly shared that with some friends who've kind of just given me a funny look and going, what does that mean and how on earth is that important? Mm. But yeah, for me, that's certainly um, really important. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to run with that and, and just enjoy, enjoy know, lovely voices. Do you know, one day there was a young lady on the train. Now, mm. I'd have to estimate she was around about 20-ish years was of age. No, okay. no, you're, no. And um, she had the most delightful beautiful pleasant smile in and her voice right in love with her. oh my god yes um, it's like now, this james blunt the, song yeah. isn't it where he's in love with that <laughs> girl on the train that he's never gonna see it's true uh no he sings um, i know he does mm. I, I can't stand him anyway uh sorry james uh but anyway um i really wanted to go up to her and just say hey you know um i know this might be a bit awkward but you really do have the most loveliest delightful most pleasant voice that i've ever heard mm. Because uh, it was so smiley. It oh. was just such a smiley voice. You know, and, and I sort of think, you know, okay, I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have been um, thrown off the train or something like that, you know, mm. or her, I don't know, she might have had an eight-foot boyfriend sitting next to her um, okay. that might have thrown me off. Mm. But, you know, like I just sometimes um, the voice like that can, yeah, just really mm. spark an imagination. And mm. sometimes the voice can be so wrong, though, like in the sense of the voice will sound like something, but it's not actually what that person mm. is. Yeah. So I guess what we're saying here is, you know, and actually people have, have said this to me so often, they're like, oh, you know, our looks important and you know, like maybe a little bit, but certainly voices really yeah. are. Well, looks are important to yeah. me a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are a little bit, um, you know, like if you, I'm not really into a person that's a little bit untidy, unkempt, you know, mm-hmm. I like someone that looks after themselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, um, but then sometimes that can be hard to judge, but then listening to how they, their lifestyle and what they do mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. That can help too, sure. um, you know. Sure. So, so the, the the tidiness of, of themselves in yeah. terms of their personality. Oh, look, and, and there's little character. secrets you can do to that. You know, you sort mm-hmm. of casually drop into the conversation. Oh, you know, had had um, you know a shower this morning, and I'm going to get one tonight when I get home. And and you hear them go, Oh, well, I had one yesterday afternoon. And you're thinking, Ugh, Yuck! Yesterday right, afternoon. Are you having another one till like, the weekend? It's now the evening, the day after. I mean, like, <laughs> no. So yeah, okay. um, you know, anyway, but yeah, there's little things you can do um, to slip into your conversation. But have you yeah. been online dating? I have done it in the past. I must admit it's it's certainly not my favourite way to meet people, um, probably primarily because it is quite 
visually based and I have a really good imagination so mm. I can kind of read something, see something a little bit and then just be quite enamoured with it and mm. then not mm. so much in real life and have to backpedal. I also think we need to talk a little bit about safety because I think particularly for parents who've got adolescents who are starting to want today and consider today, it's actually really scary for the parents, let alone for the, the adolescent who might be trying to dip their toe in this as well. And I think specifically, well, I think perhaps if I can start, because then I can actually get a word in, let's start with, I, I might kind of represent some of the issues that that um, that young girls are facing, and perhaps you can speak a little bit to, to what the guys are going through, if we can represent each other's gender in that way. So I'm finding that a lot of parents are are really worried about letting their vision-impaired teenager go out with someone or even just to kind of talk to someone on the phone and kind of um, start relationships that way. And I just wonder if we can kind of put our heads together and think about some ways that we can make young people safer so they can go out and explore and, you know, have relationships if they want to. I think it can be really valuable to actually have, I mean, not so much group dates, but actually to organise to have friends nearby, have friends in the cafe with you, have a friend come and meet you half an hour after the date happens, have friends text you and sort of check in and sort of see how a date might be going for you um, and just have a few little planned things that maybe someone with a vision amendment wouldn't think of so much, but have other people involved, which of course means that you have to be ready to be open and, and disclose that you might be going on a first or a second date, um, but just have other people involved. What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's always a good idea. Um, I would have to say, you know, winding the clock back as to when I was a teenager and wanting to date and all that sort of stuff, things are going to be a lot easier these days. With mm. social media, um, you know, we all carry our phones around our pockets. Mm. You know, back then there was one phone in the house and you had to talk on that phone in front mm. of mum in the kitchen. So... Um, that was always a little bit harder. But um, I think getting to know each other first mm -hmm. um, is possibly a good idea, um, mm -hmm. you know, before you go and actually meet up. So, you mm -hmm. know, you can message each other backwards and forwards and then, you know, call each other a few times. So you've really got a good insight of the person. Like you can build up a character mm -hmm. in your mind of what this person might be like, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and earn their trust a little bit. So maybe bit. spending more time getting to know than yeah, maybe I some think of so. your mates might... Um, just to feel a little bit more secure. Yeah, yep. because, you know, the thing is, I mean, look, you might, um, other people might be able to turn up to that cafe and spot Ryan sitting over there in the mm -hmm. corner and he looks like um, the wild man from Borneo and looks like, oh my goodness me, mm -hmm. I wouldn't let anybody go you know, near him. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't get that and you don't yes. see that until you get there. But then some people might say that's really shallow because mm -hmm. that, that wild looking Ryan might actually be the nicest guy you're ever going to mm -hmm. meet. Mm -hmm. So you just don't know. But um, if you get to know them first to mm -hmm. have a chat, I mean, I was asked once by a 12-year-old about online dating and things like that and when would he find himself his first girlfriend. And, you know, what I said is, hey, why don't you get to know the girl first? Why don't you become friends first for maybe, and I was thinking, well, because he's 12, I was thinking, mm -hmm. why don't you become friends first for at least two years? And then when you're really good friends, then see what happens and see if you can move that on from being really good friends mm -hmm. to boyfriend-girlfriend. So. Um, you know, okay, maybe so that's a good idea for parents, maybe to, to encourage that friendship first and mm -hmm. not to rush in. Yeah. Although, you know, kids of, the, of today, have you ever noticed like they, they go out with, um, you know, I might go out with, with um, you know, I don't know, Elisa today mm -hmm. and then it's um, it's Liz tomorrow and mm -hmm. then it's Rebecca on the next day and then mm -hmm. it's Davinia on the day after and then it's back to Jenny and you're just going, my goodness me, I've had five girlfriends in that last week, but hey, I'm cool. 
you know, I don't know. It just seems to be a bit like that these days, you know. Okay. I, um, so I'm, moving moving through a little faster. <laughs> that's what I think. Um, and I guess you know, maybe just, I'm old fashioned. Just just for anyone, a parent's role is is often to slow things down. Yeah. But I think it's just really important uh, not to. Not to stop it altogether, not to stop no. the conversation altogether, mm. and certainly not to uh, suggest in any way that people with vision impairment blindness aren't going to have relationships because I think it's, you know, part of, might be part of what they want for their for their life and their future. Well, it's a part of, um, it is part of life. Mm. It's a part of our social society mm-hmm. that people will generally find a partner and, you know, and, and that partner might last for a while. It might not. Uh, mm. You just don't know. But I mean... Your child is just like anyone else's child. There's no difference between your child and anyone else's child. And they're going to have the the same the same needs and desires as, as most other people. And I think it's it feels like really obvious for us to be saying that that yes, people with a disability are going to want to have relationships and pursue that. But I do sometimes feel that there is a bit of a subtext in our society that that people with a disability aren't going to do that or don't need it as much. So I, I just. Want it, want it really highlighted that that's mm. very possibly not the case at all. If we look at um, perhaps not so much the adolescents, but but young people in their in their um from from eighteen and above, I think that it can also be really scary to consider dating. Perhaps uh, some people with a disability have been focused on other things during school, like just kind of getting through school, and perhaps have been um, a little bit more delayed than their sighted peers in starting relationships. And so it can be quite daunting to all of a sudden in your 20s start to think about whether you're going to date and have relationships. And when you're blind and vision impaired, there is uh, extra challenges. So you might want to think a little bit as well about, certainly, again, because I'm representing the females, you might want to think a little bit about um, daylight dating, uh, you know, if, if light um, kind of makes a difference for your site. Um, you might want to think, like I said, about having other people involved. You might want to think a little bit as well about uh, meeting someone in a place where you're already really familiar and comfortable because you're naturally going to be a little less anxious in those spaces. So maybe it's the cafe that you often go to or the nightclub that you're really familiar with as well. And also then you might also have people around there that you know already and you can call on for support as needed. Absolutely. What are... um, safety is, is you, you've got to put it first. Mm. Um, you really have to. And look, when it comes to online stuff and, and being available on social media and all that, you know, um, I'd have to say really be careful what you do put up there and that sort of mm. thing because people will... Um, you know, they might think you're a vulnerable person mm-hmm. and an easy target mm-hmm. as someone with a disability. So, you know, you never know. You might get someone that's going to prey on that. Mm-hmm. So just be very wary of what you do, what you put up, what pictures you put mm-hmm. up and that sort of thing. So I don't um, think we're suggesting don't mention... No, I'm not saying don't do it at all, but just be aware. Or... Be, be Think about it before you do something. Definitely. Just put a, put a lot of extra thought, I think, into what you disclose and how much. I've certainly had uh, situations where I've gone on dates and I certainly haven't told the person that I'm vision impaired and sometimes that works and sometimes it really doesn't. But I think usually what's motivated that decision if I if I haven't disclosed it and I mean I'm talking like 10, 10 15 years ago, it's it's been partly self-consciousness but also a sense of vulnerability. So if you're in that situation, I really get it, uh, but maybe also think about whether you know that person well enough to kind of go out with them if you're not willing to kind of But you know, I'd have to say that for a person without a disability as well, you know, like just generally in in the population Mm. people, just be very aware of what you're doing, what you're saying um, what you're disclosing um, because there, there are people out there that will take advantage of you if they can 
And also sadly, lovely, lovely you know, people that might be nice to go out with. Oh, as well. absolutely. Can you can you speak, Ryan, particularly to any of the issues that you think that guys, particularly with a disability, um, encounter in dating? Anything that's kind of particular um, to them? No, not necessarily. Not really. I think what you've said, um, I think, is is quite. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's transferable between mm-hmm. both sexes, whether you're a male or a female, or. Um, you know, um, it, it's or any gender. Mm. Um, I think you. Yeah, I was just wondering if the if disability can ever feel emasculating, um, because I think in in our society sometimes there's an expectation that the man takes the lead, and mm. sometimes when you've got a disability, that might not actually be uh, the thing that you want or can do. So I, I, I'm wondering about that. It's never affected myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never felt that way or felt um, I was. Uh, not up to the task. Mm. Um, what about I'm, male clients? Like any teenage boys? I've not had any to? of them say that to me. Mm. Um, I've not had any of them express that to me. I mean, they might do, but they've never expressed it. Mm. Um, so uh, I, I do find that a lot of vision impaired people tend to date a little bit later in life, around yeah. that sort of 18, 19, 20. Yep. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't happen in the earlier stages. It probably does. Mm. Um, but I find... Yeah, no, I I think, it, like I said, it's very transferable across mm. all genders, um, what you said about being safe, being familiar. But I I mean, I guess one of the biggest ones for the boys is, you know, they, they always want to be that sort of tough boy in the car, you know, mm. driving the car around, picking up his date, dropping them off and all mm, that sort of stuff. I mean, that can be yeah. a little bit harder, but that means mm. you just got to be a little bit organised and you might just have to organise the taxi or the ride sharing mm. service to go pick them up. Um, I did that once for a day. Um, um, I didn't tell her and um, I turned up in a limo. Mm. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> very smooth. It worked. But very, I mean, you know. <laughs> you got some great points for that. I did. Yeah. 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 I guess I guess one of the other things that I feel, and this is also not gender specific, so I'm kind of adopting Ryan's meandering unstructured approach here just to, to jump into this topic. But eye contact is very often something that people with sight use to initiate conversation and to initiate interest and also to indicate attraction. So I just wonder if you've got any way around that, Ryan. Look, it's eye contact, regardless of whether you're trying to date or not, is something that I find quite important to myself. Now, mm-hmm. I can't see it all. I'm totally blind. Yeah. But I'll always make an effort. If I'm talking to somebody or engaging them in a conversation, I'll look at them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, it's, some people say, well, how do you do that? You can't see them. It's easy. You listen to where their voice is coming from right? And you look in that direction. Mm. Now, my eyes might not move around. I might not, um, you know, follow your eyes and all that sort of stuff, but at least I look like I'm engaging them. So one of my big things, you know, just working with the children here at Visibility is to make sure that when we take them away in camps and school excursions, things like that, or holiday programs, is I'll reinforce that with them. You know, if you're going to talk to me, face towards me and talk Mm -hmm. to me. Um, Because if you're trying to, and once again, this goes cross genders. If you're trying to engage the person across the other side of the table and, you know, show them that you're genuinely interested in them, because let's face it, you go on a date and you might be interested in that person, but you don't look like you are, Mm. they're not going to be interested back in you. Right, mm-hmm. they they're gonna shy away, and they're just gonna go. Oh, I wouldn't date that Ryan. Mm-hmm. He's he's you know shows no interest. But now that might be because I am actually interested, but because I'm not looking at them and listening to what they're saying and engaging them, um, they don't get that signal. They don't understand. So mm-hmm. even if it's another totally blind person that I might be interested okay. in dating, I will still make sure that I am facing in their direction, yeah. looking at them. 
Um, and most importantly, listen to what they say mm. and pick out questions to ask them from what they say, what they're saying, because mm-hmm. uh, that shows that you're engaged. It shows that you're interested, and shows that hey, you know, Ryan is a little bit keen. Mm. Okay, so I guess you're saying you can still show interest, but you really do it, you know, through your body language. Absolutely, in, in that similar way, and also doing it through. Put your interest. phone away. Don't take your phone out. Don't mm. text. Don't um, mess around with things like that. You know, on the table and your knife mm. and fork and all that sort of stuff. When it just shows that you're not interested or you're very, very nervous. Um, you know, so it's one of those things. You've got to look engaged. You've got to look interested, even if your eyes aren't working, okay? And, mm-hmm. you know, they're like mine. They don't work. They're artificial eyes. But I still make an effort to make Showing it look interest. as if I'm interested. Sure. One of the strategies that I've used a little bit with my friends, which was born out of absolute frustration, where mm. we'd kind of go out and go to a party and then you'd get home and one of your friends would say that someone had been, like, you know, looking at you uh-huh. the whole time. You're like, well, thanks for telling me now that we've left, mm. is actually just to let them know beforehand, which can feel a little bit dorky, mm. so try and make it funny, to go, you know, if anyone's going to look in my way, can you just let me know? Because um, that's really handy for me then to initiate a conversation. Mm. So, and now you're laughing at me. Oh. No, yes, no, because I'm laughing of... at myself because they, they, um, all my friends quite often say that, Ryan, you are more blind than you really realise. Mm. And I'll say, oh, why? And uh, they'll say, didn't you realise that X was um, interested in you? No, no, And I'd go, didn't. what? Mm. No. And then I find out years later that there's a particular girl that I did like mm-hmm. was really interested in me and we could have had a relationship, but I just didn't pick up on the fact that she was. Um, and I've had so many laughable moments throughout my life when I've realised that, that, that quite often I... I say to people, you know, if, if if someone really is interested in me, can you come and, like, um, uh, yeah, open let my eyes say. for me okay. and just let me know? Like, actually, physically, you know, tell me because mm. I just can't get it. I, get a little I, bit I of miss sign it. language yeah. going on. No, with I you miss it, mate. I never see the signs. You and your friends. Absolutely. Yeah, no, so it's I'm, embarrassing. I'm very is bad. It? As it is to admit, try and get your friends on board with that. Um, oh, yeah. Now, Ram, we're probably at that point where we need to stop talking. Um, but I guess the take-home messages from my point of view would be that dating and relationships is definitely possible. Absolutely. Um, perhaps there's a little bit more time that's put into it and there's certainly a lot of thought. And there's a few really specific strategies that we've touched on a couple, but we'd also be happy to talk about more personalised and in-depth yeah, ones. Absolutely. Look, you know, give it a go. What have you got to lose? Um, go out there. Have a bit of fun. Be safe. Think about what you're going to do first or what you're going to say first or where you're going to go. Safety is good. Um, and But just enjoy it, you know. Go, why not? Have, have some fun and enjoy it. And look, it might not be for you. It might be for you. But we're all different. Find out. Yeah. Great. I would too. Uh, You've been listening to The Blind Argument and um, I'm quite battered and bruised after that episode, but hey, that's fine. Um, I do like Davinia. Uh, And uh, if you'd like to um, ask us any questions or you'd like us to discuss a topic, all you need to do is drop us an email to info at visibility.com.au. Okay, thanks for listening.